Welcome to the Dr. Me First podcast with me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Erin Wiseman. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to Dr. Me First, a podcast all about authentic conversations between female physicians. We talk life, we talk practice, we talk everything in between, and no topic is undiscoverable here. Well, I am so glad that you're joining me on this episode today. I have a very special guest. This is Dr. Shannon Smith. She's a pediatrician and she has got an amazing topic. Focus is the word that she wants to focus on today. She talks about her struggles of being a very anxious child with a lot of negative self-talk, how that transformed her parenting as a single mother, and then also how it's changed still with the financial work that she is doing with other physician moms. So I can't wait to share this conversation with you. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. And stick around afterwards for that kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Great, Erin. Thank you so much for having me today. I am a pediatrician in Huntington, West Virginia. I'm also a mom of three in a blended family with a wonderful partner, uh, Stephen, who uh, helped me to even have the technology to get on here. Yay, go Stephen. That's right. It's always good to have those <laughs> counterparts who like helps us keep our shit together. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, we are going to jump into our conversation today, and the word that you picked was focus. Tell me why you picked this word. So besides being a pediatrician and mother, I also have a blog called Own Your Focus. And uh, through my time of being a pediatrician, I kept seeing all these families and children hurting and uh, having a lot of the same problems I had, which were anxiety and low self-esteem. And over the years, what I found out is the common denominator is focus, that I don't feel that we have been taught the incredible f power that focus has in our lives. Instead, we're taught how to multitask and spread ourselves so, so thin that there were so many days I thought, I feel like I am bad at about 100 things. Um, and once I found that power of focus, I've been using it to help patients, my families, our family, and myself to really focus my energy and make uh, dramatic changes that I'd like to see in the world. So that's why I chose focus. I love it. Let's dive deeper into that. So is this something that you struggled with as a kid yourself? Absolutely. I, uh, I didn't start uh, speaking until around fifth grade and it was, I had incredible anxiety and, uh, and it just a really low self-esteem and pushed myself through school because I had a supportive family. But unfortunately, I had this horrible negative self-talk that's continued with me until, uh, until I've really recognized what it is and used focus. And, and when I say focus, focus to me really has an equation behind it. And when you use that equation, it can solve any problem. But spreading ourselves incredibly thin and trying to multi-manage um, won't get us uh, to be able to solve these problems. Amazing. So with my kiddos, you know, I see each of their different little personalities and I definitely have picked up in one of mine that like intrinsic negative self-talk and the life yes. coach in me like is all the time like 
how can we switch this mindset? What's maybe something positive we can say? Just coming from your own experience, do you think that it was, you think it was nurture or nature? You know, do you think it was genetic or do you think it was environmental that that was why you weren't talking until fifth grade? Um, I think it was a bit of both. Uh, definitely in my family, uh, other people have negative self-talk. And when you see your parents mutter things like, oh, I'm so stupid every time they make a mistake, you can't help but stop and think, oh, well, there's the definition of stupid. And it's all around us. And uh, this is this is the same type of thing like I think we see all around us. And And then there's that other part that I think sometimes middle children or whoever they may be, but you see it more in middle children, that they're trying to pacify everybody else and they're much more likely to put themselves down than, uh, than go after someone else to keep the peace. Right. Yeah, I'm with you too. I think it's probably a split, but I wanted to hear your perception on it. I just heard a little like quip it this morning when I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how habits, how mindset of children many of the times is caught, not taught. And that has just really stuck with me um, being a mom, um, changing my own life so that then I can hopefully pass it on to my children. Tell me a little bit about your kids and how you're implementing this equation for focus. Excellent. Yeah. So like I said, I have three kids and two are my bonus kids. And uh, the problem really came in when I saw my own daughter with this negative self-talk and um, recently saw a TED talk that put it beautifully. It, it said that we are not there to teach our children anything. Our children are mirrors teaching us what we're doing. And it, that to me was exactly what had been going on. When I saw my daughter starting with this negative self-talk at a young age is when it became glaringly obvious that wow, Shannon, everyone else sees this outside friendly, bubbly facade, but what's going on inside is being picked up by your own child with uh, these negative thoughts. And we are much more like a computer than people realize. We are programming ourselves continuously. And when we're walking around telling ourselves what we can't do or what we won't be, that is a program. And instead of being programmed like a computer where we type in the code and hit enter, humans are programmed by repetition. And so truly reversing that to be able to say, no, anyone can actually do anything with focus and persistence. And so to work on that in our family, whether, whether it's, it's through my own actions so the children can witness it or setting up things, activities so that they can witness it in themselves has been the key for us. You know, I think that's so powerful that, you know, so many times as type A, super academic women that we are, we just take it like, our brain is just giving us the input, like what the world really, really is. And you're so right. Our brains modify it. I, another, I'm such a podcast nerd, but I was listening to another one and they were talking about the fact that we don't see our own nose, like in our visual yes. fields that our brain deletes that because it's always there. And so it's like, Oh, you don't need to see that. And I was just sitting in the van and my kids were in there too. And I could see them all going cross-eyed, like trying to look at the tip of their nose. And even I would have done it if I wasn't driving. Yeah. But it's so <laughs> very true that we really do need to think about the programming of our mind and yes. how that that is very, very fluid. 
And it's one of the few things we control. We really only control our thoughts, our beliefs, and actions. And so here we are trying to control all these other things outside of ourselves and not stopping and saying, what are these things running through my mind? Because just like the nose, like you pointed out, you don't see it because it's a running diatribe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's so much about mindfulness and just gaining awareness when we step back and we stop multitasking and we, we get out of what I call the busy tornado yes. and step back and look and see like, and then you start dissecting that. Ooh, it's super powerful. Absolutely. Busy tornado, Aaron. I like that. Well, because, I mean, to me, that is the, the visual that I get when we're, like, just doing that tornado just to stay busy, and we're, like, pulling things into our tornado, and we're, like, spitting it out, and, like, most of the time, a tornado is not a positive thing. Like, you know, it leaves yeah. damage in its trail, and so that's when I, when I realized that I was living in the busy tornado, it was because I couldn't get steel with myself, because yes. then I would have to confront what was going on between my ears. Yes. And I love that you're on a mission to help other women to be able, other physician women to be able to take control of that inner voice so they can uh, hear themselves and to create the life they want. And at least that's my understanding of your, your role in coaching women physicians. Yes, that is spot on. That is perfectly my mission, my purpose for this podcast and for my coaching business. Because I felt like up to a point about five years ago that I was living the life that I was supposed to live based off of everybody else's perceptions. And I had just kind of put my my oh yeah, that would be okay on the top of the pile. But then when I started pulling away, like, what does it matter if I don't work full time? What if it doesn't matter if I don't go into an office anymore? What would it look like if I didn't come in until noon and left it for? Like, who cares? Because the only people who get an opinion in my life, and this was a huge epiphany for me, was me. That's yes. the only one that counts. And those that I give credibility to. And that yeah. really, Brene Brown talks about as your um, post-it note people, like those are the people who actually have an opinion in your life. And it typically, all those names can fit on a post-it note. Yeah. Brene Brown. Uh, she's, she's just so insightful, so powerful. I know. Her husband's a pediatrician too. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. I yeah. Know that. Yeah. So I think she's got a lot of really cool insights um, into healthcare as an academic, but then also as a spouse to a physician and everything that, you know, they have been through. And so her research really excites me that she's using more narrative research rather than, you know, quantifiable with numbers and studies and that, you know, there's some validation behind it. I, I love Brene Brown and like, that's my like bucket list is to, to be in her training and maybe even get her on this podcast. Would that not be fun? Oh, that would be great. She, she truly, she's so powerful. And I love uh, that you're helping single parent or single parent or no, are you helping all female physicians, correct? I will take any and everybody who will come to me. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I met you through uh, Holy LaRocca, which I have to give a shout out to because she coaches single parent physicians. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm so glad that she connected us. And I love that turns out there is, an, there is a really powerful group of female physicians out there trying to change the world in each our own small way. And I think that, you know, you're tapping in, trying to help people from a mindset, always trying to reach out to single parents. And that's, that's kind of the space 
that I got into to try to make that change because I think you have to make that change on a small focus level before you try to change the world. Yeah, really, it's, right. It's very grassroots right now, and it's been so fun um, building this community of women physician who are making a difference right in their backyard, you know, yeah. right where in the middle of their purpose, because, you know, as physicians, we really do want to take care of everybody. Like we do. it's so hard when you're a medical student, you're trying to figure out like, oh, what residency I'm going to do. And then after you get in the residency, it's like, oh, do I go on and do a fellowship or do I get like specific training in this type of procedures? And you're like me for family medicine. I am, I would call our specialty the worst because we still try to take care of everybody and yeah. you know, we're doing, we're doing pregnancy care. We're doing cradle to grave. Um, we're doing inpatient, outpatient. We're doing, um, you know, hospice. We're doing rehab. We're doing jail. We're doing it all. And that's where I got to a point that I just realized I'm like to best effectively serve someone I have to be intimately focused on them because when I'm trying yes. to spread myself out among all of these, I'm not as effective. Yeah. Without focus, you just, it's like spreading all your energy out to all these different places. And, uh, that, that's exactly what we've been doing. So I, am um, uh, like Holy, I started coaching single physician parents trying to help like in general with all this chaos to try to pull that all in. And, and since doing it for the past few months, we've realized that at least the group that we've met with have, have really had a difficult time financially because here we are physicians trying to manage our lives, trying to turn around and manage your finances and your retirement and, and balance all that, at least for me was not in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And so my husband, thank goodness, when I met him five years ago, I was able to kind of come to him and I took care of what I was able to take care of. I was trying to crush my daughter. I was trying to work internally on me to be the best I could. I was trying to be the best pediatrician I could, which pediatrics is not nearly as vast as, as family medicine, but it's it in it's itself pretty is very broad. Yes. And, uh, and I had not looked at other areas of my life that are critical, like, like finance. And uh, so fortunately, when I met my husband, he's a CFO of a company for 20 years and uh, was able to come in and, and be like this, this one area, this financial area of my life. And by the way, is that a problem that you end up seeing with female physicians when you talk to them? Does finance seem to be on their, uh, re retirement finance seem to be on their list? Um, for some, and I know there's definitely some physician coaches starting to come into that financial space. I okay. think it's more around money issues and fear with money is fear what, with money. Yeah. Okay. That I, I see a lot. Um, especially we start to, talking about making transitions, um, yes. because you know, it's just that uncertainty of if I take this step on the bridge, is it going to be what was back on land? You know, like, Absolutely. you know, Fear is always the income going to follow? And I think others, you know, we do get some financial handcuffs put on us with, you know, pretty much our 20s were spent in education. We come out with huge loan debt. Um, I had gotten great advice when I was a trainee to just keep living like a resident even after. And so 
Um, luckily, we didn't get ourselves into too many financial investments or a big home or car payments, anything like that. But I know that's something too that kind of once you get into it, you do get the feeling of being trapped. But that's what yes. the great thing is with coaching is can be like, okay, you're here now but this can change and what needs to happen and you can make it individual. Cause I think, you know, so much of it, we all want an algorithm. We all want to fix our problems with an algorithm and God love us. That's I think when I am talking with somebody who's new, that's what they're wanting. And, and honestly, if you find a good coach, they're not going to give you the answers because you have your answers within you and you have to discover those. There is no algorithm. I remember after having my first baby, I was like, where's the textbook? Like I'm getting, (laughs) I'm getting my med school. I'm like, where is it for this child? Like, why can't we not understand this? I am a fucking physician. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) And that was like my first reality hit. Like you can't book smart your way out of this. And I think that is a huge thing if it comes to finances, if it comes to personal development, if it comes to entrepreneurship, because it's no joke. Like as you're talking about, it's very much in a grassroots movement right now with many female physicians doing something a little bit off the grid from traditional medicine. And you do kind of have to go back and think about, okay, how can I impact my small area of the world? And I think this podcast is a good example of, how can we lift each other up? How can we collaborate together? Who can we tell so that we can help this colleague further her mission? Yes. Yeah, and it really is all kind of all kind of diving in to help each other and and I agree that there's there's no algorithm, but one of my favorite things is outsourcing. Like um, Aaron, outsourcing to me is my lifeblood. And anytime I'm on PMG and reading posts, I'm always shocked how many of us don't outsource. Like I'd outsourced uh, for years, whether it was laundry, whether it was cleaning, based on the time value of money of mine. But like my example I like to use is retirement. Like when I showed up for my husband, when my now husband, but then And I was like, he was like, how's your retirement? And I was like, I have no idea. I do whatever the hospital tells me. I check off the boxes. I ask my friends what they do and I move on. And, uh, and there was a great example. Like when he finally sat down with my finances a couple years later, when I let him, I was shocked at how he dramatically improved my returns in a matter of, mm, I don't know, a day and me not being willing to trust anybody to outsource. Cause I would go sit down with retirement. And I use that example just because that was something that paralyzed me, um, that I just didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to think about the finances. And since that, since then, Stephen has been helping many other people to put together their finances and dramatically improve their retirement. And it's learning how to outsource because we can't do everything. We can't be everything. And that's what I think a coach is for. Like with you, like, even though the person does the work, outsource someone to get you there. So, so whether it's a financial retirement coach or whether it's a single parent coach or whether it's a physician coach, just trying to help you find your mission and your inner peace outsourcing, because although the answer doesn't have an algorithm, I think finding the solution does have an algorithm. It's walking your mind through the questions to be able to find the answers inside of yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely if you're at a point anywhere in your life 
where you're like, I can't just deal with this and you have to walk away or you feel stuck or yeah, that paralyzed feeling that's coming up against a wall that you need to look at and say, Hmm, what's going on here? You know, and yeah. that's where it is really helpful to find someone who has some expertise in that area. You know, one thing when I'm talking about outsourcing, it is, it is, can be so good, but you've got to know where you need your help. And I find so many physician moms who are just so overwhelmed, they don't even know where to start. So for instance, I was working with one gal and she was just, just totally overwhelmed. Like, and I just said, okay, well, let's just, let's just get it all out on the table. Just let's put it all out there, everything. And, you know, as we were going through it, I w of course, the next like coachy question is, okay, so let's make some action steps off of this. What can we do with, you know, pick an item. What can we do with it? And, you know, asking like, what else, what else, what else, as far as thinking of some solutions and to her, you know, she had all these issues, but she didn't even know which one was the biggest one or where she could be most effective at. So like one huge thing for all moms is laundry. Like you mentioned mm -hmm. it. It's huge. And so she started having someone come in and help and clean and specifically, you know, they were there. She just needed to ask them, hey, can you do the laundry too? So, you know, like just identifying that to say, Absolutely. yeah, that's a big burden too. Well, interestingly enough, a couple months later, she was like, I'm not happy with this. And I, we dug and we kind of mixed around with it. And then later she sent me an email and she was like, the laundry wasn't the issue. It was the time away. And she gave her examples. So she's like, I think I want to take the laundry back. And I'm like, that's fine. That is fine. That's you knowledge. You don't have to outsource mm -hmm. everything. You just have to know where your biggest need is. And, you know, the other thing too is remembering it's all fluid. Like maybe in this season of life right now, this is what you need. And then later on, it's going to change and you flex with it and you pivot and you do something different. But yeah, absolutely. That's that asking for help piece. You know, we can, we can very easily write a referral or call a consult for a patient, but damn it, don't we sometimes need to write our own damn referrals in life? Uh, that, that is a great way to say it. That it's, there are times when we absolutely don't know what's bothering us. And, and it's hard to reach out to ask somebody, help me figure out what's going on that I feel so overwhelmed. And I can understand it. It's not wanting to ask that question in class because I'm so lost. I don't even know what to ask. Mm -hmm. But that's where, you know, what you're talking about, you know, what you're helping uh, physician females with is that. It's saying, let me show you how to break the problems down. Let me show you how to clear your mind, what's actually bothering you. And it's an iterative process. You know, you call it a fluid. I love, I love iterative because when I talked about the equation uh, for focus, it really is the scientific equation. It's define an obstacle, hypothesize, test, review the data, and iterate. Continue that your entire life. And therefore, you're in control of your priorities. Like when I met Stephen, I had never done this before. Uh, we, we went on a massive book reading together and through one of those books was a book called Scrum that talked about this process in depth. And because of it, we, uh, we picked up writing our priorities on our bedroom wall and there's, there's three of them. And I would come in with something else that I was hot on that I wanted to do and he would look at me and say, Shannon, 
we have our three priorities up here. Um, which one do you want to take off to add that one? And it would force me to say, wait, where is my focus? Where is our life headed? Where are we taking this family? And like, I have other friends come over and they look at our bedroom wall and see our priorities and, and a couple of them chuckle, but the majority of them are like, that is great. It keeps us at all times knowing the direction we're headed. And there's never a right or wrong. Just like in a science and scientific experiment, there's not right or wrong. It's what are you testing? How are you going to test it? Look at the data and iterate, which is that fluid process. Yeah, absolutely. My illusion on that is, you know, all these companies, all these hospitals, they all have mission statements. And I think it's really important for each of us to have a personal mission statement and then a family mission statement. And so that's one thing that I encourage all of my people to do. And actually, I even have a freebie um, worksheet on my website on how to build a family mission statement and have it posted on your refrigerator for that exact same reason. So that when stuff enters your life, you can bounce it off of your mission statement or off of your priorities and be like, okay, does this stick? Is this in the middle of it? And if it's not, then we need to let it pass. It's so yes. good. And it so helps with focusing and helping keeping you in the middle of your purpose and just staying intentional. Absolutely. Because if you don't, life really ends up running you and you're not running your life. And I think a lot of us turn and blame ourselves like, oh, why is my life going this way? And it's not, it's not the person, it's the process. And when we change our processes and don't judge ourselves, because that was a huge problem in my life, the negative self-talk. And Stephen would look at me and say, why? Why are you making it about you? And it wasn't so much a self-centered as just that negative self-talk continuing. And so now that I'm able to stop the negative self-talk about the person and talk about the process, it has truly put the steering wheel in my hands. Uh, to just continue to drive forward in any direction we want, which, you know, now we're currently helping single parent physicians with their retirement finance planning. And we're going to continue to add value in one way or another where we see that and where our lives continue to iterate. Have you ever read the book, The Four Agreements? The Four Agreements? No, I have not. You need to put on your, your list because agreement number two in this is don't take it personal. It's not about you. And yeah. I have to remind myself that all the time, like when something happens, I'm like, it's not about you. Like their reaction or even their non-reaction, it's not about you. Like it's about them. So just drop it and don't make the mind drama about it. It's a, it's a super easy read. It's kind of, kind of so basic that it almost feels childish at times, but it's, it's a good book. And it's, like I said, it's, it's one that I've kind of come back to on and off again, just to like, okay, you know, <laughs> calm the mind drama with it all. So, well, this has been great conversation. If any of my listeners are super intrigued or they are like, yes, I need more Shannon Smith in my life. Where can they go to find more about you or hang out with you? Well, I'd be honored if anyone would, and if they would like more uh, uh, help with finance retirement planning or just help as a single parent physician, I am absolutely excited to um, talk with anyone. And the best way is facebook.com uh, backslash Dr. Shan or on Facebook at Dr. Shan, which is S-H-A-N-N. And or Shannon at ownyourfocus.com is my email. Perfect. 
We will get those all in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I truly am so glad that we've got hooked up and that we are in each other's network now. Yes, I am looking forward to watching your career thrive and continuing to collaborate, Erin. Yeah, nice conversation. Thank you so much, Dr. Smith, for coming on and talking with me. Check out her resources that she has on her website and hang out with her on Facebook. She's got a lot of good stuff over there. So from our conversation, I picked out three important points that I want to bring up in this kick of encouragement. So the first one is... Are you a busy tornado right now? Are you just doing things and spinning to be busy so that you feel purposeful and not really moving in a purposeful way? Hey, if you are, no worries. I've been there. I've done things just to get things done, just to check them off the list. But what I encourage you to do is to step out of the middle of that vortex and just say, whatevs, let's try something different. The next point I wanted to bring up is the post-it note people. I want you to sit down sometime. Shoot, it can be on the back of an old prescription pad that you know you don't use anymore because we're all on EHRs. But just get a slip of paper out and I want you to think whose opinion really matters in my life. And I want you to write their name down on that slip of paper. And I want you to put it away for a day or two and then get it back out and see if there's anybody that you need to cross out or add. And then I want you to take that little slip of paper and put it somewhere where one, you can access it easily and two, you're not gonna lose it. So for me, that's the little coin zipper pocket on my wallet. That's where I put the things that are important. Like if I pick up a new business card from a great contact or if I need to remember what my DA number, I stick it in there. So stick your post-it note in there. And then the next time something upsets you or things are just not going right, I want you to pull out that post-it note and I want you to look at it and be like, who do I need to contact on my scrap of paper whose opinion counts? All right, and point number three. So I mentioned this in the conversation, but many times we do not do a good job advocating for ourselves and asking for help. So what I want you to do is look and see where do you need to write your own referral for some help in life? Is that outsourcing, getting a house cleaner, somebody come over to do the laundry? Is it getting a taxi driver for somebody to haul your kids around from school to sporting events and other extracurriculars? Is that writing yourself a referral to give yourself permission to go see your own freaking doctor? just for that annual exam that you've been putting off for the past five years. Whatever it is, I want to empower you to write the referral for help in your own life because we've got to get better about doing this. Hence, that's the name of this whole podcast, Dr. Me First. This is your referral to doctor yourself first. So I hope this kick of encouragement has been helpful to you. If you want to talk more, I'm always available in those colleague to colleague calls. So hit up the show notes and get the link to get scheduled from there. And just remember, as always, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye.